Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'm going to play Jackson. I'm going to board. SV Futures up 11. NASDAQ Futures up 74. After a very tumultuous day yesterday, especially the NASDAQ. NASDAQ was down. Uh, we're up. Uh, NASDAQ was down yesterday. Uh, well, the, the, it was down 294. The futures were down like three something. So it was a big down day there. S&P was down as well. The Dow have wreaked out a gain because these healthcare stocks, Janssen and Janssen, United Health, they're just obviously they're, they're raising prices to beat the band, and, and uh, they're doing very well. That whole area where he talks about all the AI stuff, you'd have been in United Health and some of these healthcare stocks in the last few weeks. You've had a really good few weeks as this stuff just flies all around all over the place. Do we have a Professor Kevin? You have me here. Are you officially a professor now or what? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Have been for a long time. I mean, a, a full professor? Well, I am. Uh, no, there's different There's different grades. So there's, um, it, you know, you, you, there's instructor. Uh, there is assistant professor. There's associate professor. There is professor. And you have to go through a process for each one. Every time you want to move up, you have a portfolio that you have to build and all of that. So the, the easy classification for me was to go from instructor to assistant professor. Um, but, uh, but I'm not going to do any more. You know, I'm not, you have to you have to have log some time in the position, and then uh, you have to do this major portfolio, and it just isn't to me. It isn't worth it. So, um, I, I have done my last reclassification. I will do no more. I am perfectly happy. So doing you are not a member of an endowed professorship. No, and and at a community college, you're not going to have endowed professors. I bet they wouldn't say no. What do you mean they wouldn't say no? If somebody came up with an endowment. Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, we've certainly had people come up with endowments to do things like, oh, you know, build, uh, build robotics labs and things like that. So, but not the individual uh, spot. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, we a lot of times there's they, they, have, they have not endowed the chair of uh, uh, supply chain management yet. Yet, but you know what? I'm so damn good that they're gonna want to do it just to keep me around. Oh, good. Maybe somebody will get uh, three Nobel prizes out of an endowment as the Charles R. Walgreen Endowed Professorship in Economics at the University of Chicago. One one endowed spot has had three Nobel prizes when he started with George Stigler when I was there. Yeah, well, I'll talk to Russell about it. It's more likely to happen in his world. That's true. That is true. You know what, Russell? Uh, if there was a business economics one, boy, I don't know if anybody knows more about the VIX and a lot of stuff than that guy does and has written books that are any better. I mean, he's really off the chart. 
I hope he's not listening because he's, it's easy, so easy to swell his head. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, we would never want to do that. No, no, we would never want to do that. Hey, you know, we've been going back and forth, and I've been, I've been, uh, I think, to be honest, a little over my skis a little bit on this, uh, this issue with the Supreme Court and the state of Missouri and all that stuff. But just in full disclosure, um, in my lifetime, Kevin, the legal system has never worked for anyone that I know of, ever, ever, ever. And it bothers the living bejesus out of me, uh, This whole, why a state would do what they just did and why the Supreme Court would... Not that they, I, I, I think the ruling is, is exactly what I would have done. I don't see why they would have taken the case. I, every, from, I, I, every, and I've been involved in this in all sorts of levels of, uh, of law enforcement. I don't know. I know two or three people that have gotten banged into by cars that left the scene. They got the license plate, and the police never even looked for them. I know of several small firms and a lot of individual people that have had money stolen electronically and the police don't even want to talk to them. The FBI doesn't even want to talk to them. Nobody wants to talk to them. I know one guy, one of my clients, I don't know what firm he's got. they got this big group up on the north side. Whatever the number is, you get stolen. They only look for the number. I mean, I know somebody who got 150 grand taken, and if it wasn't a half a million, they don't look for him. I know a guy who got a million two taken, and if it wasn't a million and a half, they don't look for it. They don't do anything, Kevin. And in every single legal case that I know of, I'm not talking about criminal, because I don't know anything about criminal, every kind of legal case and every arbitration that I've ever either been asked to be an expert or knew something about it or knew the parties, every single one was dominated by the person who had the biggest law firm and the, and the people that the arbitrators felt were most likely to invite them back as, a, as an arbitrator. If you ever went against the big firms, you never got picked again. I think this entire thing from top to bottom, from my level, has sucked my entire lifetime. So there's, there's my edge on all this stuff. Now, maybe other people have had better, you know, better uh, experiences. Um, you know, I don't know. But I've never, I've never seen one what I consider to be a decent outcome in my entire lifetime in anything that I've, I know of any of my friends or anybody being involved in. So that's, that, I guess that's why I have an edge. And, you know, and Lou has a respect for the law. And, he, and he's very aware of its shortcoming. It's not always fair and all that stuff. But from the other point of view, not being an attorney, from being a schlub who kind of counts on this sort of thing as being an arbitrator, I think, I think it has entirely sucked my lifetime. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not a minority. I'm not somebody who, I mean, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be somebody who's, I won't say high enough up the chain to get a fair shake. I don't know if anybody I know has ever gotten a fair shake, ever. Just saying. Now, it just oh. might be me, you know, I could be getting a, a small bad sample or whatever it is. And so when, I, when we write back and forth, and I, I always have this edge to me, there's where the edge comes from. Okay. No, I get it. I'm, and uh, and it, for the most part, I agree with you, although, you know, I've had some different experiences um, that say that they are willing to at least. But, but I, I don't live in Chicago either. So, I, you know, I think being in Chicago and dealing with the sizes of corporations that you get involved with um, when, when it comes to expert witness cases and things like that, that you're, that is a different world from where most people live. And so I, I think you see different, uh, different kinds and different applications of justice uh, largely dependent on where you are in the first place. I'll give you a, a real quick example, and if anybody doesn't believe me, 
if you get the complete works of Mike Royko, he actually wrote a column about this. We were playing in a softball league downtown when I first started the Florida's in the 80s. And we had a real good team. We were leading our, our league. And back before they had stupid crap like Lollapalooza and things like that, Grant Park was a softball place. There had to be hundreds of people playing every night from downtowns. It was, it was I remember a, I played there. Yeah, it was a religion. And every company had a team. Every, every group of companies, the accountants had a league, the lawyers had a league, the trading for a league. Uh, you name it. And so we, and there was something called the Tournament of Champions. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Where they, where they, uh, people were leading the leagues. Not didn't wait to the end of the year. So didn't, we, didn't, we didn't win that year, but we were leading at the time. We were put in this Tournament of Champions. Now, my brother Dan, who was at the time working for GATX, who's now president of PTI, was playing with the GATX League. Dan's a real good ball player. And... As, love, as luck would have it, we really could have used him. <laughs> but but we, we, he wasn't on our team, so we didn't play. But he comes out to the game, and it, this is the, we're now in the uh, semifinals, right? So we lose to these guys. We played lousy. We should have beat them. Uh, but we had, yeah, we had a couple of errors. We should, whatever. We, we, they weren't that much better. They weren't better than us. We just played like crap that night, even though we had played well all week. Uh, Dan goes, you know, I know a lot of those guys on that other team, and they played on the team I played on or against last night in the in whatever the industrial league. So sure enough, we lose, and on, on Thursday morning, we get a call from the park. Now, the, the rules are, here, these are the rules, these are the laws, as, as Lou would say. If you're in a regular league, a park district league, like Mount Greenwood where we played forever and Kevin played with us, the rosters of all the teams were available to everybody. So if there was a, a player that was... I'll use the term ringer, which is really the term, right, right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. If there was a ringer, it was up to you to say, hey, that guy's not on the roster because you had access to the roster. And, of course, nobody ever did because we were, we, were, we were guys. We don't care who you bring, we'll play you, right, right, Kevin? We never bitched. Maybe yeah, it, I mean, there, there yeah. were always teams that would, uh, that would load up for certain games, and yeah. everybody thought it was crap. But, but uh, nobody ever. Yeah, nobody ever. It, you didn't really do a whole lot of roster complaints. No, roster. because you figured if they. You almost, it almost was a point of honor that if they needed to beef up to play your team, right? <laughs> and, and if you won, you felt even twice as good when the beer went down after the game, right? So anyway. Yeah, beat them anyway was always the way to go. Oh, yeah. So, so anyway, we, we get this call the next day, and the guy goes. Get your bring your stuff tomorrow. The other team has been disqualified because they use guys that weren't on their team. Now, having said the rule, as Lou would say, this was a separate type of tournament because no one had access to any of these rosters except the guy who ran Grant Park, and he's the one who made the call. He said, "Hey, I walked by; those guys are not on that team. I disqualified them. You guys are in." The next day, somebody takes us to a district court, Cook County and gets it overturned. Oh, so it was the attorney's team. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not sure who it was, but they get, they get it overturned. And Royko writes a column about this, and my, and my buddy, you know, Doc, Jim Doherty, says to me, this can't be, these guys can't be right. There's people waiting to, to get in front of a judge for months, and this guy manages to get in front of a judge with a softball complaint in like an hour? So we oh, ended up course, not playing. Tom, Tom, it was an emergency. Yeah, it was it was an emergency. You couldn't possibly, you know, you, you can't go ahead and play the game. You have to get the restraining order. So this is my my first brush with with the legal system in in Cook County, and it hasn't changed. <laughs> Just put it that way, Kevin. It hasn't changed. So there, so there. 
Yeah, well, do people abuse it? Yes, people abuse it. I, look, if, if we want to in, uh, restore integrity, then people have to get involved. People, you know, Average people have to get involved. And we do a really good job of teaching people uh, to look over at the stupid stuff instead of dealing with the substantive issues that we have. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been talking about this in, in class lately. How you know we, we, we just covered some antitrust uh, stuff in one class and said anybody talking about any of this healthcare stuff? You know when they when they talk about healthcare, anybody bring any of this up in, in the political world? Nope. Um, we we've been talking a lot in another class about you know privacy and intrusiveness, technology related privacy, and said you know look at all these issues, look at all the stuff that is available now uh, for law enforcement to use. Is anybody talking about how that gets used in, in political campaigns? Nope. So, well, you, you know, you guys, uh, it's up to you because I'm going to be sitting in the rocking chair on the porch just criticizing everything that walks by in front of my house. So it's, you know, it's not going to be my problem. It's going to be your problem. I'm going to say, um, Kevin, with every, every day that goes by, I'll use the term standing, the legal term that I learned this week. So you learn something every week. We have less and less standing to do anything. As, as it applies to the legal term, I don't think that's true. But um, so, you tell me what you're trying to. Uh, well, I'm saying, say what what, what could you and I could look out and and you know a few other people from the show and certainly some of the listeners, we could find if we sat for an hour over over a beer or a cup of coffee, we'd find ten absurd abuses in the system. And if we lobbed a lawsuit at it we would get no place because we're not the people that are being harmed. There's been no damages. There's been nothing. I mean, I'm going to say that every single time, I haven't gone to a game in a while, my buddy Jimmy went to the Cub game last time, saying every single time somebody goes to a Cub game and pays $12, 15 for beer, whatever you pay, you are being harmed by the ridiculous antitrust exemption that Major League Baseball has been given. Every single time you, go, you walk near Wrigley, you get harmed by a dollar or two or three or something. It's quantifiable. Probably not quantifiable, but maybe maybe in my younger days I could have made a stab at it. And yet, if somebody, class action, if somebody somewhere, if you went any place to say the Supreme Court, the, I'm going to file suit to say this should not be, they are interstate commerce, this should not be a monopoly, there isn't anybody that would that could beat the law firm they would find and say, you have no standing, you've not been harmed, you haven't been doing anything. Yet the state of Illinois, or the state of Missouri, is not going to back our claim at all. Do you think the guy... Well, what, yeah, so what I, what I think would happen, and, and we're splitting hairs a little bit on yeah. the process here, is you would indeed have standing to file a suit. You just get your ass kicked in court. I don't so think... There, there, there's a difference say between you... having standing and, having, and, and the other side having, you know, having, A, the attorneys to just beat you, but C, but also... You know the the wherewithal to just wear you down that you couldn't you couldn't possibly keep up with what you'd have to spend if, to get it. If you were a a bunch of minor league ball players that just fizzled in a, in the system because they probably would have some standing, but they wouldn't have any money to start it up, and nobody yeah, would take un- that. Understood. So who would have to represent? Them? Well, what I'm saying is that some of it's standing, but now th- these people in Missouri obviously didn't have the money either. So the state of Missouri did it for them. Well, yeah. So, you know, again, you know, what was the state? You know, what was the state of Missouri 
theoretically what was the state of Missouri really standing up for they're saying our taxpayers should not have to pay for the the loans of people who do it so so we have to find a way to get that uh, that case heard that's what they said now you know it sounds awful when you say it like well you know the state of Missouri had this uh, arm's length relationship with an organization that really didn't want to sue um, and uh, and that organization services loans and so what you're doing is you're you're hurting uh, its business by servicing loans that's how they created standing that's not unusual for people to do that it's pro it's not a good practice it's not a healthy practice um, because what we're really doing is just trying find to find ways to get what we want you know again when when Lou was talking about the, the law versus the uh, what do you say versus equity or versus you know fairness uh, justice uh, fair fairness I think fairness was the word um, you know this was a way to an attempt to get to the fairness result um, but if you have to if you you know you, you do have to consider that there's a flaw in the system if the only way you're going to get fairness is to pull BS like that well and I think that I mean, I'm, I'm, I said I'm, I admit to the listeners and everybody, I'm exceptionally jaded on this. To me, it's very simple. Missouri, if they'd have done the math, I would bet you that the amount of people in Missouri to get loans dismissed is certainly more money to the state than what these guys are going to get in fees. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I think. Well, just, yes, but however, when those when that uh, loan is dismissed then uh, you know every time you dismiss a loan then every other taxpayer in the state who doesn't have a student loan whose kids don't have student loans who you know never had a student loan or who had them and paid them off in the past is paying it so yeah you can say the forgiveness would have been greater than than the specific harm mentioned in here but the overall uh, you know what you're, I mean, basically, this is the same argument that I have against free college. Is it says I want to send my college, my kid to college, and the rest of you should all kick in for oh, yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, you know, what if my kid wants to go to work out of school? Uh, what if my, you know, what if my kid wants to learn a trade? Uh, you know, all of those uh, types of issues. Yeah, well, that's all. Your, that's all that that they're saying with the student loans. So don't tell me they're they're you know that there aren't going to be a, a, a more than enough citizens who benefit to offset to offset the. Uh, I, I, that, I would bet you don't. I'll bet you, Kevin. If you and I, I think we could do this because I know you can know every state. I'll bet we could pick up. Uh, you know, actually, I'll, I could look this up. Maybe I will for uh, for next Wednesday. Um, I could I will I could look the the entire amount of PPP loans given and forgiven in Missouri. And no, no, now you're changing the subject. We're no, not I'm talking saying... about PPP loans. Again, if you want if you want us to be consistent and fair from one program to the next and have a guiding philosophy of what we do, that's fine. But we're not talking about PPP loans. Okay, now. but what I'm saying is if if it's the state's job to worry about the federal government screwing up a program and how much it's costing the individual st taxpayers in that state why start or stop here that's a, I mean that's great a great conversation different one but a great one but i mean why start or stop here it's it's like you know even though i think the guys on, on january 6th were a bunch of idiots they pulled out a law to charge these guys on and nobody's heard of for 100 years i mean you know you can st that's that's my my clumsy message here kevin is it's all politics, and the, and the law is being used. To me, this is very simple. 
Missouri is a Republican state. They want to embarrass the crap out of the president, and they know if they get to the Supreme Court, there's six people there willing to do the exact same thing. Th- I, I know there are people who want to embarrass the president. In this case, however, I don't think it's all about embarrassing the president. I think there is a hell of a lot of uh, a point to be made that we should not be forgiving these loans in the I, I, first place. So yeah, don't don't just chalk it up simply to embarrassing the president. That's not a I don't, reasonable argument. I don't. Well, think. first of all, I'm saying I would have no problem with this whatsoever if this firm would have filed suit and won. But yeah, I agree. And 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 Elena Kagan wrote that in her uh, dissent. But I'm saying the even she said, she said the, the same thing. So yeah, she's right on board with you. Uh, I, and I, you know, I, I don't even know who she is. Other than the Supreme Court, She's the, I know, you know, I know, I know the name. Justice. I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is, she, she too is. Going I'm saying back to well, our original well, discussion. She too played 16-inch softball in Chicago. Really? Well, good for her. Oh yeah. So, but I guess what I'm saying is, the politics of, of the law, or a judge at every level. I mean, it's, it's like John Flanagan and I said yesterday. I mean, he, we were talking about whether you want elected judges versus because uh, Lou brought up the case of. Uh, of Israel. Uh, do you want elected judges? Do you want appointed judges? Well, elected judges, I mean, I, I as you know, Kevin, I, I follow the money. And it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to take me to a sad grave someday following the money. I, I, know, I know that. But the fact is, when, I, when, I, when somebody says somebody likes Joe or Jane Schmo for judge and gives them a hundred grand, I go, wait a minute, nobody likes them that much. <laughs> you, you wouldn't give that to your husband or wife, for God's sake. What, 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 it's it's just like I mean what I mean it is so similar to if anybody hasn't read it read the Godfather the the, the you know the the Don gave money to the judges for years and years a little bit here a little bit there whenever they needed it blah 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 he knew someday he needed a favor he had one and I'll bet most of them he never one day won. I may need a service that day may never come yeah yeah and uh <laughs> and so now now we have an election to where people spend. Half a million dollars on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year job, and I look at that and I go, "Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, duh." You know, and, and same way I look at you know the people she was allegedly supposed to uh, enforce laws against when she was uh, head of the Fed, Janet Yellen, going out and making seven million dollars giving speeches for firms that could care less if she ever showed up. I look at that, Kevin, and I go. That's way too much. What's, what's I, going on? I, I've listened to her speak enough to know that I <laughs> that, that I sure wouldn't pay money to hear it. Yeah, and, and, and once, you, once you do that in anybody's world that I would like to be in, she is, by doing that, and I'm not saying it's illegal, it's probably immoral, but it's not illegal, she would never get a job back in my administration. Here she is back, doing the same thing. I mean, so th- I think the average citizen is really sick and tired of this crap, Kevin, on every level. And I don't know how you, f- I don't know how you fix it. I honestly don't. I mean, uh, I mean but, it, but it's troubling. It seems to me it's getting worse because the places are getting bigger. I mean, it's the, the, uh, the uh, headline here this morning, we're going to go break here. White House secures voluntary pledges from Microsoft and Google to ensure AI tools are secure. What exactly is that, Kevin? They, they two, promised, Tom, but they promised. Two, two monopolists promised that's, the government that's, something. That's like give, giving the cluster bombs to uh, to Ukraine and saying, they promised us they wouldn't abuse it. I mean, you know what I'm going to do today? Or Andrew's going to remind me. Um, maybe I'll let, him do it. I'll let him do it and I'll pay him. I'm going to go by. I, I, somehow it, it, it lost its, its way in a, a, a rain flood in my parents' basement. i gotta go by, I got to go find the... Uh, 
the copy of uh, the Sovereign State of ITT, and I have to read the one page where Harold Janine is talking about his view of governments. And this, this Biden, if he could even read anymore, he needs to read that page before he talks to the chairman of Microsoft or Google. They don't care about him. They don't care about the U.S. They think they should be the world government, for God's sake. Am I wrong? Well, he probably should have read the uh, recording rules too for Ukraine. The uh, the rules for recording or the law for recording conversations. Well, like, uh, so he probably should have read those too before he talked to the president of Burisma. Yeah, anyway, SP futures up nine and a quarter, and as if he's up sixty four. We're trying to come back from real crummy days in those areas. Uh, the, the Dow is Dow is uh, up one sixty three. Don't have to worry, Dow's up every day because of the uh, these the stocks that are carrying it. Well, today it's a. Uh, what do we got going up today? We've got Honeywell up a buck. We'll talk about this after the break. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, no bank stocks and jacks. I'm Tomorrow. SP futures up eight, and the other futures up sixty-one. Actually, Dow futures are only up twelve. Uh, the uh, Honeywell's up a buck. We've got. Uh, Goldman Sachs up 74 cents. They were up a bunch yesterday. Here's the big clunker. Uh, good thing I didn't do anything in here. Uh, American Express is down 661. They had earnings. Obviously, they did not do whatever we wanted to do. So that's the big thing holding the uh, Dow down. But mostly everything else up in here. That's the only other. There's only two down. Um, Johnson Johnson is down a little bit, 58 cents. But they were up a bunch yesterday on their earnings. Uh, Kevin, evidently, an awful lot of people, they're making a boatload of money on uh, on uh, hips and, and knees because all that stuff, 
all that surgery was put off during COVID, and I guess it's happening all over the place. Uh, people are going back and getting things fixed that they didn't get fixed for three years. Over in Asia, for the uh, local economy here, we have some some of those companies in Kosciuszko County, right south of Elkhart. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that Johnson Johnson was that big in there. Are they were those the divisions of Johnson Johnson? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, uh, but but it, it's also you know John, Johnson Johnson's got to have some piece of the uh, related drug market too for those surgeries. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I don't know what J and J does on that one. I, it's called I, it's I, called MedTech. It's the actual devices. Oh, okay. okay. So they do the devices as well as well as uh, yeah. Zimmer, Biomed and, and Dupuis and people like that. Nikkei down one eighty seven point six percent. Hang Seng up one hundred forty seven. Back over nineteen thousand. This the Hang Seng has really been struggling. I mean, it's been this nineteen. It was way over nineteen thousand. They didn't come back at all really from the COVID stuff. Shanghai down uh, two bucks thirty one sixty seven over in Europe. Uh, kind of a mixed bag here. We got the uh, DAX down 70. It's 0.4 percent. Puts the up 10.1 percent. Kick around up 20.3 percent. So let's just say that's a mixed bag. Yesterday, like I said, the Dow was up 163. Nasdaq was down 31. I'm, I'm sorry, S&P was down 31. Nasdaq was down 294. The futures are down more than that. Uh, bonds uh, down one basis point, uh, 3.84, which is actually higher than we were yesterday morning. The Bund unchanged 2.44. Japan down two basis points, 0.44. Where oil up 91 cents, 76.56. This is looking almost like a little breakout here to this oil, or at least the range has moved up a little bit. Because uh, it's almost 77 now. The range has been 68 to maybe 74. Now it's nudged higher than that for a few days. Rent up 92 cents, 80.56. Natural gas up a penny, 276. Arbob up 2 cents, 276. That's pretty high for Arbob. So I'm thinking a gas here might be sneaking up after that. Gold down six bucks, but still over 1950, 1964. Silver down a penny, 24.95. This can't stay over 25 bucks. Every time it gets over, it gets like whack-a-mole. Uh, Bitcoin up 44 bucks, 29,767, still under 30. And we have the U.S. dollar uh, muted today. We've got it uh, unchanged against the euro, and it's actually. Uh, uh, up a little bit against the, the British pound. The British pound, I think, tapped out at 131, and now it's down to 128 in one week. So, you know, that's a 2.5% move in a week. That's a lot. And over the Air Force traffic weather sports, Cubs suck. Yes, they do, unfortunately. Uh, it is 6.38 here in Chicago on July the 21st. Uh, yes, yeah, starting off with some sports here. Uh, the Cubs lost to the Cardinals. They lost 7-2. to two. Uh, meanwhile, the White Sox are uh, winning a little bit, though. <laughs> they won against the Mets, a 6-2. Uh, and the Diamondbacks lost to the Braves, 5-7. Uh, over to Chicago weather, it is currently 67 degrees. we got cloudy skies today. Uh, and as we saw ourselves, a very, very slight chance of rain, but I think that's basically passed and cleared us already. Uh, so we're going to have a high of 80 today, and that's going to hit around 4 p.m. <clears throat> And over in uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, they're at 92 degrees, clear skies. They're going to ha have a high of 112 today, and that's going to hit around 12 to 5 p.m. And of course, they are still in that excessive heat warning, which is gonna, seems like it's going to last for a long while. Uh, but finally, on to Chicago traffic. Looks like roads are looking pretty clear so far today. Um, a little bit of delays on the Kennedy construction from about Lawrence Avenue to, uh, looks like about Kedzie Avenue. Uh, but that is far less than what I'm used to seeing every day. So, looks like it won't be too bad of one uh, if you're coming in on the inbound. And no major accidents to report either. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. The, uh, Kevin is a... Is a well, two things. One is, how come 
is is nineteen sixty nine still in my blood? Every time I hear the Mets lose, I, I I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Mets are pretty bad. The Mets, the Mets are. Um, oh, oh my goodness, they're you know they're in second to last place. They're forty five and fifty one. That's a team with a big payroll and yeah. a lot of a lot of big names. Um, they, well, you shifted it into another question I was going to ask you. Because uh, I want to talk a little bit about this Northwestern thing, not 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 because I know anything about it, but just different different views of the world in terms of uh, again law and order. Uh, what uh, what do you make of this? I mean, I, I fortunately um, I'm at a Triple or maybe one night a week or something these days. But the last four or five times I've been there, Jan or Jan Kevin, uh, the uh, I uh, the, the Angels have been in, been in, and I have not been able to see one of these West Coast teams like forever unless the Cubs play and I try and stay up. And I, I never saw Ichiro play. I mean, I mean, I guess he came to Chicago once or twice and I saw him at Sox Park, but um, I've got to see this kid Otani play. And he, he's really something. I mean, he's really something. And uh, and Mike Trout, I never, I've never seen him play either, but he looks like, you know, he's... Well, those guys never win anything. And, and there was a guy in the score last week I happened to kick, because the Cubs were on the score, I don't really listen to the score very much, but it, there's a couple of guys on there, and they, you know they come up with some stuff. I mean, they do research on their stuff just like I do on mine, and, and you do. Uh, so the top, I don't know, I don't know if it was about Trout, but the because I didn't hear the first part of it. But the money that everybody claims Otani's getting now, you you can say you're essentially buying two players, so he's quote worth it because he does two things. Like he's really good at essentially two positions. Yeah, he's uh, an outstanding pitcher, and he's yeah. you know, arguably the best hitter in baseball. Yeah, so I mean you. You you're getting two things, but the 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 guy said the the money they're tossing around. I think he said something about what they're paying Mike Trout is more than Atlanta is paying all eight of their guys that were on the All Star team. And Atlanta's got eight people on the All Star team, and they are probably far and away, except maybe for Tampa, the best team in baseball. Which would you rather have? And I don't I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. There was one team, Kevin. And they, I don't know if they got new ownership. They stopped doing this, but the if you look at most teams' rosters and salaries, especially the Sox near the end of like Canarcos after the World Series, they'd have they had like five or ten guys that were making like a lot of dough, two or three making like a real lot of dough, and and over half the the roster was minimum. And if you look at a lot of these teams, a real lot of them are like that. Uh, yet Texas, for whatever owner they had, I think they might have changed. Maybe it was maybe a new state, whatever. But there was a period of time in there where they had, over a period of years, one of the best records in baseball. They never won the World Series. I don't even think they got to the World Series, but they had a really good team. They, their deal was they want, instead of having four guys making $20 million and the rest of the guys making the minimum, they had like 15 guys making four or five. The idea being is they wanted depth in the roster. Now, they always had a good team. Something always happened in the playoffs. But... It, it's it's a difference in style, you know. No, I mean I don't I don't know if 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 you get Otani, he's somebody to go and watch. But if if I were able to get him and Mike Trout, and I'm paying the two of them 100, 100 million a year, and the rest well, of the don't team. forget Rendon too. They paid a big money for Rendon, who's been injured a lot. Okay, but he was he was one of the uh, best you know best third baseman in baseball when they got him. Now does does the bottom. Fifteen guys on their roster. Are they all minimums too. They must be. Well, you're you're not you're not doing a salary cap in baseball. They have luxury tax, but they don't have uh, they don't have um, 
uh, salary cap. So it is up to each individual team. You can look at San Diego and the same thing as they have. They paid up big money for a lot of players, and um, um, it, with you know, <laughs> with also not not as much to show for it. Um, you know, they're they're in fourth place and they're forty six and fifty one. Um, so you know, sometimes it backfires, but yes, it's, it's, it's like every, every team sport, but you know, this is true in baseball. You must be good at every position. You don't have to be great at every position, but you have to be good at every position to win. Um, and so when you, first of all, you, when, when you spend a lot of money on players, you may pay to get good players at other positions, but boy, when you get somebody out, uh, with an injury and, over these last couple of years, I've seen a lot of people out with injuries more than I, you know, I, I don't have the data to back it up, but my gut feeling is that there are a lot more injuries and a lot more of these injuries are soft tissue type of injuries. You know, every, every, you always had your guys getting Tommy John surgery. You always had people who would, you know, sprain an ankle, you know, break an ankle, break a wrist, getting hit by a pitch or anything. But the number of abdominal pulls and uh, muscle strains of various kinds, it seems a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of thing that happens when you inject spike proteins into your body. Could be Could just be. speculating, um, but um, but as you know, as all of this goes on, you have to be good. So now, when Rendon gets hurt, who's your backup third baseman? Well, that guy's not very good. Now you have a hole in your lineup, and you, and, and the more holes you put in your lineup, we see this with the Cubs. They have some good players, but they probably have two or three holes in their lineup at any given time. That means you're going through that inning, and you're not going to score. <laughs> you know, you're 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 playing uh, a six inning ball game, not a nine inning ball game, because you can't score in six. And so, if the other team is solid throughout, you're going to have a hard time beating them because they're a threat to score in each of the nine innings. I'm looking at the uh, 2023 payroll of the Angels. It's kind of I thought the minimum now was a million. According to this, it must be like seven twenty. But yeah, I I don't know. But uh, I don't. For some reason, Mike Trout is not out here. I don't know why that is. But Otani's at 30 mil. Then there's Tyler Anderson at 13. Hunter Renfro, 11.9. Matt Moore, 7.5. Aaron Loop, 7.5. But once you get down to maybe 10 people, then everybody else here is 7.40, except for, I didn't realize, they have uh, Escobar makes 9.5, a third baseman. I know they had him. He makes 9.5. And they also got, uh, uh, well, they're, they're, uh, they got Mike Moustakis, but he's a, he's on for the minimum. He must be getting paid still by. Uh, yeah, he's 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 at the end of his career. He's on the year to year. Okay, but they uh, for some reason Mike Trout is not on this list, which I don't quite understand why. But anyway, maybe uh, maybe because he's on DL right now. Uh, yeah, because he's probably not playing. But anyway, but the uh, so yeah, I mean they they've got twelve people here that are making the minimum, so they're they're top end loaded big time. Yeah, so so they're trying to have it both ways. They want to have the star players, and they want to avoid the luxury tax. Uh, you know, whereas Yankees, Dodgers, they don't care. Okay, luxury tax, too bad. <laughs> I'm spending on the players. Uh, I want to I want to buy the best players. Um, so that that's you know that's your equity problem in baseball. Every anybody can afford a star or two, but uh, are you are you going to actually pay to build out a whole team when you're spending that much money on stars? And and so you have to do what the Rays do. You know, you, you have to be you have to be young at all times. Um, you know, and, and you have to be really, really good at 
scouting and minor league, uh, you know, and player development uh, because those guys are going to move on because they they won't spend the money. Uh, um, they won't spend the payroll money. Well, you know, I'm I'm zero fan of the Ricketts for some reason, but I I'm zero fan. Uh, every 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 talk show you put on, who are they going to get for this guy? Who are they going to get for that guy? And uh, Kevin, they, they they had now. Granted, the schedules have changed. You don't get to play in your division as much as last year, but the Cubs had either the best or one of the best records in all baseball after the All Star break last year, with with virtually with a team way worse than this team, I think. Uh, no, you're thinking the year before. It was it the year before? Yeah, the year before when Baez and Bryant and all those guys were gone uh, after the trade deadline. Okay, but I mean, they, they're eight games out, and everybody's got them selling all their good players. In a big market team that's allegedly full every night, although the last two nights, two nicest nights ever in the history of Chicago in, 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 in uh, July, fourth inning, the lower deck's half full. Now, where the schlumps sit, like where I used to sit in the upper deck and the bleachers, they're pretty full. But the, nobody, does anybody show up for these games when they have the tickets? Those well, yeah, the, the, the Cubs, as you look at it, um, there's only like six teams that are down from last year's attendance per game. The Cubs are up, actually. They're up 651 people per game, so they're about steady. They're those about are, the those are tickets sold. They're, they are tickets sold, but that's, you know, when you're looking at their ticket revenue, now that doesn't give them any concession revenue, that doesn't give parking revenue, all of those other things that uh, that come with people showing up for the game. But what I'm saying is if they're, if they're plus 651, then probably butts in the seats. Well, it, it's hard to say because you don't know how many butts in the seats they had last year compared to this year. That We don't have that number. We only have the ticket sales number. So is that the most closely guarded? I, I would put them at a, at approximately equal to last year. They're not they're not selling more. But I, I, and is the no shows in baseball the most closely guarded number in the free world? It could be. <laughs> could right, be. I got I got to ask you, and, and boy, you know we're not Lou, uh, so we're not going to go into the, the details of this Northwestern thing. But I, as you know, I I why well, I do this to myself, but I I talk to all different kinds of people, right and. My my group that I have a drink with once in a while during a week after after working out and in the, in the trading day, there's a couple of attorneys there and a couple other guys that are into they're really into this new world, Kevin, uh, whatever that means. And by the way, they're probably right about that. Now you can talk to Lou, and he'll give you and John Flanagan, who's an attorney, and Brandon a very detailed, comprehensive what has to happen Northwestern how how much of it is people went along with, how much of it is old news, how much of it's after off, out of the statute of limitations, and wh- whatever it is, they're going to they're take this I'm going to say varied, a somewhat rational approach to the thing. The rest of the world Lou would have been had a, had a heart attack if he was at the table with me last night. Oh man, they got these great attorneys, they got these billions of dollars in the, of the endowment, the guys that run the place are a bunch of weenies. They're just going to cough up money to every one of these people. That's why everybody's got their face on TV. Everybody wants a check. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to just give you know four hundred million dollars and get rid of it. And that's today's world. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. And whether you could have you could have said no, sir, I don't want another, and got up and walked out instead of getting paddled for the half hour. I mean, none of it's a decision of somebody over the age of eighteen because this guy should have known about it and protected the other people. I, I you know, I don't know what. I mean, I. Everybody knows the difference between a fraternity and a, and, and a dorm 
and one of them is being initiated. I don't, you know, uh, and people love it because then they go ahead and do it to the next guy. So I don't know how you decide that all. I mean, I, I'm, like I said I wanted no part of that. That's why one of the reasons I went to Notre Dame. Uh, but I mean, how much of it's consensual? Are you over eighteen? You know, I, I, I don't know. But, well, and and how much of it is peer pressure? Yeah. So you have to go along to get along, and you're never. Yeah. Uh, you're never comfortable with it and you hate it and you resent it and how much of it is you know an interview I heard that made a good point that you know you're talking about 18 year olds um, who some you know some can deal with it but some people just don't have the emotional maturity the emotional intelligence to process it and and move on from it and uh, so so you have that kind of thing, and I'm not—we're not talking about garden variety hazing. Right. Yeah. Some of this stuff well, is pretty it, bad. Now, well, now I, I, I heard an interview with Olin Krutz yesterday um, because he's returning to the score, so therefore uh, everybody wanted to interview him yesterday. Uh, and and he, you know, they—he was asked about that, and he said, "Well, first of all, you should know, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Fitzgerald and I are friends. Our kids played football together at Loyola, um, so." Um, you know, so so he he made a stipulation, and he said he hopes a lot of this stuff isn't true. He said, but there there always is hazing. There always is on a football team, has been, but most of it is pretty harmless stuff. It's making you sing at, at rookie camp. It's making you carry somebody's luggage or somebody's equipment bag or that kind of stuff. Um, that you know that 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 the stuff that he has read. Um, is just so far over the line, and this is from you know this is from a guy who it was was perfectly you know f- thought it was perfectly fine that he would accept the idea that there's hazing. It's just that it can't go too far. Well, now you start to see things in the Northwestern case, and you know, and and I look at this, you know, I put my management professor hat on uh, as I start to evaluate it, and now you start seeing what's going on with baseball. Was that, you know, was that physical? No. Was the guy an off the charts jerk to everybody involved? Yes. And you know, it, the the more people start to step up, you say, well, what what's the culture of that athletic department in general like? You know what's going on there um, that uh, makes it, and is it does it apply, you know, to the women's sports? Does it apply to every sport? Does it apply to most sports? Is it just isolated to to the football team? And maybe you know, maybe this baseball guy was a, just a bad hire. You know, I I don't know, but you know, you're you're starting to see enough stuff uh, uh, flaming up there that you have to start asking those questions and now you look to leadership and uh, you know the you know the the leadership is is kind of weak at this point because both the president and the athletic director are new and if you understand colleges you understand that there's a whole power structure and who wields all the power that meant your football coach was the most powerful person uh, most powerful voice in athletics period um, I have not heard the same complaints about Chris Collins, so you know maybe uh, uh, maybe the basket maybe it is isolated the football and it doesn't spill into basketball. Um, but you have to wonder what former athletic director Jim Phillips, um, you know, was was seeing, hearing because everybody hears this stuff. It isn't necessarily what they see, but everybody hears it. Believe well, me, everybody hears it. Sure. So now, as you start to look at this and say. Well, what the hell did Jim Phillips know? Is anybody going to ask him? Because he's the commissioner of the ACC now. Well, but the I guess what what happens, Kevin, is since everybody now gets to be on the jury or the judge, right? In the new world, everybody knows everything about everything, even though you don't. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so specifically uh, asking my attorney buddies uh, when we meet every Wednesday night 
what exactly are the bail rules now? How, how does bail even happen? I, I wanted to have some knowledge of what even happens before I start talking about it. But most, most people don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why, why, you know, what, what, what did one guy say? Why, why confuse the good story with the facts, right? Yeah, uh, you would never want to do that. Well, but, but every good story has enough facts in it to right. be, you know, uh, uh, to have some credibility. Um, and, and that, that is, by the way, that is how, part of what you need to know about culture and, and evaluating the culture well, of, I mean, of I, a place. The, but, but that's, that's why I just, I look at this and I see enough stuff going on where I have to ask myself, okay, somebody needs to step back and give this a good overall look at what's going on and you may walk away and say you know what this is this is some an, an isolated area we can fix this and the rest of it looks to be okay our basketball program seems to be okay our soccer programs seem to be okay that's one way to look at it another way to look at it is do we have a problem that is you know athletic athletic well, department wide but this all and, gets and somebody's got to be asking that question at this point and I, i'm not seeing a lot of it but i'm just then seeing the lawsuits flare up in, in both sides well and you're going to end up with some sleazebag attorney and i'll say that Interviewing somebody on the volleyball—that's redundant. Yeah, uh, interviewing somebody in the volleyball team. Well, did you ever have to run a, a sprint after practice for not hustling? You felt was unjustified. Did you ever feel bullied? I mean, we, are we going to get on this line? But my point, Kevin, and I, this comes from, again, my opinions come from lifetime experiences. I used to, uh, after I left Notre Dame, I was pretty horrible there as a basketball player, but I got a lot better when I in my twenties. So I used to play in a lot of leagues, and I never could jump, by the way. Uh, but just learn to shoot I faster. But just just learn to shoot faster, I guess. So I used to play every Wednesday night with. Uh, talk about being being uh, being young, Kevin. I'd go play handball for an hour against somebody really good. And then I'd, then I'd go play basketball for two hours. Imagine doing that today. Good lord. Anyway, so I but I played. No, with these my knees get sore riding on my exercise oh. bike for twenty minutes. <laughs> so I, I I was playing with these Lithuanian people. Uh, Lithuanian people. Lith- Lithuanians love basketball. And matter of fact, every four years they have a Lithuanian Olympics where they pick a spot, and guys come from Australia and other places, and they have all these Lithuanian teams, and they play basketball for a week. It's like a big tournament. They love basketball. So one night they, they used to play over at Revis High School, and somehow I got invited in, so every week I'm playing with these guys. And one of the dudes was playing, they had all these ex-college players there, and one of the guys' name, I won't say his name, his first name was Jim, and he went to Indiana when Bobby Knight was there. And he was telling me, uh, he was, and he left as a freshman. And I said, what would you leave for, basically? And he said, you know, it's Bobby Knight. I mean, if, if I thought I was borderline NBA material where this guy's basically bullcrap would somehow put me over the top and get me there, I would have put up with it. He goes, but as you can see, I love playing basketball. I actually kind of like going to school. I don't need practices where everybody's got their own special waste, waste, waste can for their own puke because you run enough sprints until everybody pukes kind of thing. He goes, I'm, I'm not into that. He goes, I quit. Okay, if, if I'm not saying that whatever they did at Northwestern was right or wrong. I wasn't there. But I also know that over the 18, age of 18, you don't have to say thank you, sir, I have another. You can stand up and say that's enough and walk out. Yeah, that wasn't always so easy, Tom, though. Now, now that they can transfer at will... Um, yeah, you can you can you can just say that's it. But, but I'm, I'm saying, out of here. I'm going to go someplace that, else. But at the time, at the time, a lot of this was happening. You couldn't do that. Okay, but you uh, you, you had to sit out a year. So there was a significant price to pay um, f- uh, from a career, uh, you know, an athletics career standpoint 
uh, to walking away. So that's why a lot of people would go along to get along. I'm saying this, but this guy said, I made the assessment. But he was a much more mature kid when I, you know, he was maybe 21 when I met him. Much more mature than half of these guys. He just said, I don't care what scholarship wasn't worth it. I'm out of here. I go play basketball somewhere. I, I wanted to go to school and I wanted to play basketball. I didn't need to do that with this abuse at this place. I wasn't going to you know, I mean, he made the decision. We're, we're supposed; these kids are supposed to be adults, for God's sake, or yeah, parents no. are. I, I, I discussed this with a lot of different basketball players because, as as nice a guy as he was, Mike Bray would really get into his guys at times, um, and uh, and and you know, he he wasn't inclined to throw him under the bus uh, in front to media. But boy, you sit next to the bench, you'll learn some new swear words, um, and uh, and and so I, I I talked to several about him and. My my conclusion from all of it is that especially in that age group, they may not put up with it as as professionals, but in that age group, they they are okay with getting pushed like that, even if there's you know a, a lot of screaming at them, a lot of language language and such. They're fine with it as long as it's coach is just trying to get me to be the best I can be. When it turns around and and. Bobby Knight was really bad at this. Matt Doherty was another example when, when he was at Notre Dame. It's all when it's all about the coach and now you're screaming at people, the players don't care. Well, but I mean I would... they, they're not going to put up with it. They're they're not going to tolerate you when when the, the message is you're embarrassing me. But coach, I mean I don't, uh, I don't give a poop about you. Well, <laughs> well one of our one of our favorite coaches, I guess, and then we got a dash we got Carl coming in, uh, was Muffet McGraw. And everybody who showed up at Notre Dame knew that her practices were a step above everybody else's. And that if everybody else is running 10 sprints, she's running 15 or 20. I mean, am I correct? Everybody knew well, that her... Well, that, pro- that was part of it. McGraw was uh, pretty darn caustic with her, her people, too. She, uh, she, you know, she could... Uh, she, and, and that's why she had a lot of people leave the program. But the people who stayed, you know, and, and put up with it and improved... Um, got uh, you know they got better and they are still engaged and still you know big fans of hers and they talk about how she helped you know help them grow, but you know she was not you know she's got a very good public image but she was not very nice uh, as a coach and uh, <laughs> to say the least and, uh, uh, and and so you had exactly the she had the Bobby Knight phenomenon. But if you were she to, wasn't, okay, she wasn't turn, as bad as Knight, but she had that same phenomenon. People would say, "I'm turn, not putting up with this, and I'm leaving," or it's you know she offends my tender sensibilities, or whatever it is. And other people would uh, would stick it out and and claim to be better for it. Okay, so and I'm sure Crow's listening and will opine when he comes in. Throw an attorney in there and a check. Did, even though you knew that Miss McGraw was uh, a little harder on, on conditioning than other coaches, did you ever feel she went too far? Well, yeah, there was one night, you know, I missed three layups in a row and she made me run 20, 20 sprints. You consider that bullying. By the way, if you, I, if, if you I, say I yes... You the list of, I can yeah. give you the list of players who went thought she went too far. And and I, I think the idea that it's bullying is just stupid. It's, but you, but know, you, you don't have... Bullying's a, for seventh graders. But you're going to ask the question as a reporter and as a good guy. When a lawyer asks a question, he's saying, give me the right answer and there's a check in it for you. It's a big difference in this. That's the, that's the part that Frost is living bejesus out of me. Okay. And way, that's, you know, you're that's on the what's going to happen at Northwestern. That's yeah. why it's better to have a, a, healthy, a healthy culture and a healthy approach to how you coach the players in the first place. My, my, my prediction is, at the end of the day, because uh, they don't want any part of NIL, I don't think, they're going to get pushed back on the stadium. 
the end of the day, Northwestern drops football. They might. I, I don't think they will. I, I think there's there's too much revenue, and with that revenue, there's there's a whole bunch of um, federal grant money and things like that that get tied into all this so because football? there's particip. Yeah, yeah, there is, um, and uh, it's because there's also uh, when you're in the Big Ten, you're in an academic consortium as well. You being a, well, uh, okay, but my 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 buddies same way. And again, sorry, Kyle, for making you wait a minute, but my buddies are the same way. You're a slave to the revenue. You can't quit because of the revenue. And when I hear something like that, Kevin, I just, I hope my whole being just shakes. I, I know it's bad. It's bad business practice. Uh, anyway, we got we got a day. Never accuse colleges of being smart. Uh, have a good rest of the day. Hi, Carl. Bye, Carl. I'll see you guys. S <laughs> and P futures up eleven. Nasdaq futures up seventy one. Hey, you know what? Andrew, why don't we just go right to Carl if he's on? Yeah, it sounds good. I I am indeed. Um. So we were. Uh, now it doesn't feel like I, we we screwed you out of a minute or two. We we blew off the break, you know. Well, you know that's okay. I, well, maybe it's okay. I don't know. Ask the advertisers. Well, I'm the advertiser, so what the heck? Well, yeah, I, I know. You know, it's uh, <laughs> speaking. Speaking of which, uh, have have you seen? I mean, this is maybe a little off from the topics that we wanted to go hit today, but but have you seen this this proliferation of ETFs? that are essentially writing different kinds of condors and um, screwball option strategies? Well, first of all, since I do some of them, they're not screwball. Of course, when I... (laughs) Well, no, I I know, but I mean... What you're talking about is is a managed ETF. Right, uh, and, and... There's, they've shown up now. There's a couple of them that people have asked questions about on my forum. There's areas on my forum that aren't uh, they only visit, they only show up if you've been there a while and you've contributed. That's how I keep the uh, the Bitcoin scammers out of my system. Is you actually have to be a participant. There isn't you can't you can't bribe or buy your way into those areas. All you can do is earn it by being a contributing person that participates in conversations and not getting banned by you know doing stupid things uh, like trying to spam. Yep. Uh, so anyway. Uh, there's there's a decently active community and has been now for you know for over ten years on this thing, and just in the last well, I don't know it's been about three weeks, uh, these things have really started to pop up. Apparently, uh, I mean they weren't really on my radar. So, I mean you know if I want to do this kind of thing, I'll, I'll just do it, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but well, first of all, you're capable of doing it. Most people aren't. Well, and, I understand I mean, that, but, uh, you know I mean, but you can take a look. You can. You know, like I, you could take Think of Swim's desktop application, and you can take a complex option strategy and model it, and it will give you, you know, the 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 profit and loss breakpoints, and uh, you know, it how it's supposed to behave, right? Okay, and and that's what these guys are basically doing is they're doing things that anybody could do, um, but they're doing the work instead of you doing the work. Well, I mean, there's 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 sort of different levels of this uh, uh yeah there are but uh, but anyway one of the one of the things that i that i just i seriously dislike about this and anybody who's traded for any length of time you know you obviously have i obviously have some other people haven't though is that all these things and all these these models and you put them together and you you graph them out and you say okay you know I, i'm protected below this price uh, I'm capped, and, and the exchange for that is I'm capped off on my gains at this. 
okay? Because typically that's how you do that kind of a thing, is it's a collar of some sort. <laughs> it, this all assumes, when you have multiple legs open like that, this all assumes you have an orderly market. And if you get assigned on one of these things, you can replace it. Eh. Uh, by the way, what you're describing, maybe without knowing it, is our trademark protected index program. <laughs> I, uh, I know this. And, and, and you know what? And, and that's fine. As, as long as people understand that there's an asterisk at the end of these, <laughs> these models, right? Well, not, not really. Uh, it depends on how simple the, the, the strategy that, that Carl's talking about. And by the way, I got about eight emails the other day because one just dropped out on like Monday, and it's an ETF that somebody, I, I still have the emails. Somebody, everybody said, by the way, isn't this your, isn't this your strategy? <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah, but but here, here's give me a minute, uh, Carl, and I'll, I'll go through the iteration of the uh, retail community as as I see it. Uh, when when we when I was at the CBOE and the marketing committee and so forth, they would have seminars. Other people would have seminars to teach people how to trade options. Okay, but a lot of firms totally just they don't. They don't want any options because it's, it's, it's too complicated for them, even though it's not that complicated. And they really just want uh, people to, to buy stock on margin and make money off the interest, right? That's, right. that's just where everybody wants to. So right. back in 1997, when we had a, we'd started the firm in 91, and people did, kind of did all their own stuff. And finally, uh, they said, we'd, we'd rather just you guys manage the money for us. So my brother Dan and I decided, okay, well, what are we going to do? I've been an OEX trader for 20 years. We're still trading there. Wasn't a real stock picker. Was never comfortable. And here's 100 stocks. I'll pick the best 20. And you know, I mean, <laughs> I, right? I, you know, I guess. But I, ne- I never had that kind of ego because before the OEX, I traded crowds where there are four and five stocks, and walking in one morning and say, these two are going up, these two are going down, this one's flat. You realize after about two days of that, you're an idiot. I mean, you even think that, right? But, of course, the rest of the world believes they can do that. Uh, and maybe they can, Carl, and maybe they can. I, I just So they, several things came together. The ETF, the spider had just come out on the Amex, and the puts after the 1987 crash, the puts went out. You had leaps, so they had longer-term options. So options do not decay like your car insurance. I mean, if you right. pay for a year versus six months, you might pay a little more for the six months because they got to process two checks. But basically, a year is double six months. Well, options options decline with the square root of time, not with time. Okay, so if you were to, to buy a year and a half put option, say, which gives you the right to sell a stock, read insurance, it's going to sell call options, which at time were only monthly, the call option is to pay for it. The call option is going to decay faster than the put option. So, in theory, if the stock never moves and the implied volatility never moves, after about half the time, actually less than half the time, you've paid for the put. Right. And uh, so, but as as this strategy sort of evolved, uh, people said, and we used to have seminars on it. We'd have you know twenty, thirty people every other week when people actually. I mean, the world was different. When people wanted this kind of stuff, they wanted smaller firms. They wanted somebody they knew to manage their stuff. The big firms have taken all this over. Okay, so, but, but, but the thing was, they would understand the strategy and understand what I was doing, me and my brother were doing. They didn't want to do it. They didn't know whether, when to roll the call, when to roll the put. That, I mean, one thing, when you give a seminar, you don't want to, you, you 
you show that the strategy is is simple in its design, okay, but you also have to say somebody's got to be watching it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not buying IBM and, and waking up five years now and seeing where it is. I mean, there, there's some management to this. So people would say, okay, that's what I want to do, but by the way, you guys are doing it. Well, well yeah, that's yeah. But that, that's where the value comes yeah. from with something like that, right? It, yeah. And it, Anyway, I just... I, well, but I let me, give, me one, th- give me another 30 seconds. It, but what's happened now is, is all, your, all your, your funds are basically long only. And even to some people who've seen the, the huge run-up in the market here, whether they think it's money supply generated, whatever it is, anybody's looking at this and saying, and I say, this seems like a little too much of a good thing <laughs> right about now. I don't, if, you're, if you're over the age of 40, you're saying, eh, you know, when stuff starts going up 4 and 5% a day for a week, you've got to wonder, you know, what, what, what's going on. It's not, it's not, quote, normal. I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm not saying it won't keep going. I'm saying it just looks a little weird. So for somebody to say, what, what if I want to get into this, but I'm retired, and if the market goes all the way back down, I don't, I don't want to lose all the dough that I just made. I don't want to, I don't want a position. Right. Well, yeah. that's, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. And, and that's where the value is, in, yes. you know, in a strategy like that, right? Is it, it's, I mean, that's the entire concept behind it. The, 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 the problem comes, and, and I have the problem in, in, certainly in the queues this year, we have the problem, is, okay, if, if somebody, look somebody right in the eye and you say, I'm going to buy... The QQQs at three seventy eight eighty three. As we're trading this morning, they're up two bucks. I'm going to sell the eighty five calls next week. So if I buy this thing at three seventy eight and I sell and I sell the eighty five calls for, you know, a buck and a half. If it goes through eighty five, we just made seven dollars plus a buck and a half in a week right. and a half. We should be happy, okay? And, and but you're not because it's you're not. skyrocketed. You're not because oh no, my my stock is up twenty bucks and your options are down ten. Yeah, but wait a minute, didn't we discuss about this as one position? Uh, that's uh, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, that's exactly you know. Th- there's a trade off for doing this, right? Well, but it, it if if uh, if the difference is if somebody's stock was given to them by their great granddaddy and never want to get rid of it, there's a trade off because they think that they they deserve the entire upside. But if I bought the stock today and I say, by the way, are you happy with seven dollars by next week? If the answer is yes, and you make the seven dollars, there shouldn't even be a conversation. But there is. But, but there, but, but there, there is, is because yeah. they could have made twenty. They could have made twenty because everybody watches stuff after they. You know, it's funny. My 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 grandfather, gone a long time. The guy was a boilermaker, right? But he he loved the investing, and he would get. The, I'd get the paper for him every night. I was you know a kid. I go down. And the first thing he do is go through the stock stuff, and he's tell me, Tom, anybody can break their back for a dime. The smart man has his money working for him. And he, he told me two things. He goes, never be afraid to leave a little something for the next guy. <laughs> he goes, right. if you buy something and you make a profit, there's a time where you want to buy it and you want to sell it. If it's not worth it to you, somebody, the guy who buys it from you, he obviously feels different than you. You don't want to see him lose. Let him win too. But, but you, you made yours. Be happy. Don't even look at it anymore. God. Well, well, that's yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, though, is that it's, you know, it's, it's one of the toughest parts of the game. Yeah. Is... You you said okay here's here's my target it was hit I'm out right and then and then it runs like crazy yeah good God help you that that, that should and, be and, their money and and you know what it's it is one of the toughest elements of the game is to is to not chase that well that's true uh, I mean now if you now if if you can make the thesis that well I would buy it here anyway that that's a different thing okay. But no, no, no. It's, it's a psychological thing, and it will bury you if you're not careful. Well, that's the only yeah. the only thing about a, a, a market maker. It gets into your brain, uh, Carl. It's 
if you, if you drove up in a in a classic old car, I could see you driving up in a Duesenberg or something, but you'd be afraid somebody hit you on the street. I'd say, wow, that thing is really neat. I, if I had the dough, I'd say, I, I'd be I'd be a million dollar bid for that car. But by the way, if I if you sold it to me, I'd I'd if somebody paid two million, there's 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 a buy price, a sell price, right? And, and then there's a price where you don't care. It's in the middle. I mean, and if the idea that if I don't think Nvidia is worth four fifty eight, I don't think that uh, you know that the, they're not they're going to be able to they're going to get competition. They're not going to be the only supplier. Blah blah. blah the stuff you've said, it's not all out there. I bought it. Well, it doesn't matter where I bought it. But if I bought it at three hundred four fifty seven, if I go, you know, I'm not comfortable with the four fifty eight, and I sell it, and the next guy, if it's four seventy next week, I wasn't comfortable there. But the hardest thing, the retail person, and this has happened last week because it, it never ends, Carl. It never ends. Um, it's it's, it's kind of happens more in the places that I do the uh, protected index program for that really are not clients that I bring in myself. Uh, type of thing, where if if you if you say at the beginning of the year, okay, we want twenty percent of the portfolio protected, we want twenty five percent in dividend stocks, we want ten percent in, uh, in in the metals, and we want maybe thirty or forty percent. We want to be more aggressive and some of the stuff. Well, I don't do the other stuff. I'll do the metal part and I'll do the protected part, and we have other people that do the other part. But now. The hardest conversation to have is clearly the more aggressive part this year has made the dough. The stuff, the dividend stacks, your telephones, your stuff like that, your oil companies are getting their ass kicked, basically. They're down right year. Uh, so, but the call you're going to get, inevitably, because I've gotten a few, and I, fortunately I'm a kind of a fringe player, I'm just on the phone call, every single person, sell the metals, get rid of the protected stuff, get rid of the oils and the, the dividend stuff, and put the money. the The object is, <laughs> if if you have a few stocks that are that now are a bigger part of your portfolio than they should be, as much as you may like them, as big as the winners are, you want to cut back on those. Nobody, right. you, nobody you thinks to, like that. No, nobody wants to trim that because no. oh boy, oh boy, is it running like a you yeah. know? But, uh, it, it, well, I'll tell you what though. Here's so here's here's something that I have not heard. From very many people, but I think everybody ought to be paying attention to this in a serious way, uh, and that is federal government current tax receipts. This is only reported quarterly. Okay, so this is. I this thought it was is, monthly on this Treasury thing. Well, it, 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 kind of, sort of, but it depends on what you're looking. It depends on where you're looking. Okay, which which data set you're you're using. All right. Um, well, the summary of receipts outlays and the one I look at it all the time, and you sent me. That's monthly. I mean, it says monthly. Correct. But I that's the that's that's the monthly treasury statement. Right. Okay. But the current tax receipts is is a quarterly figure on an engrossed basis. So I mean, if you want to sit there and go through all the MTSs, yeah, yeah, you could do that on a monthly basis. But the but this is reported um, on a quarterly basis on a gross on a gross thing and Fred tracks this. By the way, this is, you know, Fred tracks almost everything, right? That's the St. Louis Federal Reserve. Um, that number is on a current operating basis way down. Now, you can make whatever sort of excuse you want. Um, Are you going to make me add up last year's? Because we're 
Well, no, were, this is a, this is on a seasonally on a seasonally adjusted annual rate on a on an annualized rate. Okay, wait, 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 why can't I before you go for, on to, go on to another page, which is always better than the one I have? Why can't I just look at last year and do the the manual math and and, and add up October through June and then look at this year October through June? Why can't I just do that? Well, you you can't. Okay, but the, the reason I. The, the reason that using tools like Fred is useful for this sort of thing is because if you just go October through June, October through June, um, are you are you going to see the signal as early? And the and the answer is probably not. Are you going to be more accurate? The answer is yes. Okay, but if I want to put the yellow light on, um, I I want the yellow light on before the bad thing happens. Right, I'm not so interested in seeing the yellow light come on uh, after I already got my butt kicked in. All right, my my, I cheated, Carl. Instead of adding up the nine, I subtracted the three. <laughs> so see, I'm pretty good at math, huh? I've got three eight three seven, three trillion eight three seven receipts last year, and this year I've only got three four one two. So you're you are correct. You're we're down four hundred billion dollars in receipts from last year, according That's... to according to the simpleton. Calculation I just did is that about right? Um, yeah, and here's and here's the basic here's the basic issue. If you look at this, if if you go and you look at this graph um, back through the last well, I don't know if you count the pandemic one or not because that was that was we imposed it on ourselves, right? We we said you know go home, don't work. But if you look at the last two actual recessions. Uh, which is, of course, 2000, and then you know the 0708 debacle. Uh, this series rolled over after they had started, not by much. It, the la- the 0708 ones had started to turn down a little bit before the MBER's official designation. You know, because they're always in arrears, right? They say, well, you know, the recession started, you know, six months ago. After, yeah. after you've already got your teeth kicked in, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, but this sort of a level of decline is, on a, on a percentage basis, is troughish. In other words, something's different, very different, because you've already seen in the previous events when this has occurred, you've already seen the stock market take a header. You've already seen the unemployment rate spike. You've already seen the layoffs and everything. We haven't seen any of that yet, right? I mean, the, the market's on a tear. Now, you take a look at what just happened with Tesla, for example. You know, everybody was screaming yesterday about the, you know, they report earnings, and, and they got hammered pretty good, right? They were down almost Except, 30 bucks. They're up three today. Yeah, they were, you know, they're down about 30 bucks. You realize that that, uh, that only goes back to, like, uh, two weeks ago Monday's price. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, you know, it, same thing with Nvidia, all right. And and Netflix, take a look at Netflix. Netflix got pounded on their earnings release. They were down almost seven nine percent, was it? Yeah, it was about ten, about ten percent yeah, yeah. dump, right? Okay, um, yeah, that was back all of about three weeks. <laughs> well, I think the. Uh... All right, I mean, the the thing is, is that this this is the kind of craziness that's going on right now is, I mean, you know, normally if you look at a stock that, you know, that releases earnings and gets hit for 10%, that's, that's actually, that's somewhat meaningful, all right? I mean, that's, you know, that's half a year's worth yeah, of Yeah, but it didn't go up 10% in the last week and a half. 
like well, you but, say. But, but they did go up 10% yeah. the last week and a half, right? And so all of a sudden it's like, well, that doesn't that really mean anything. I, you know, yeah, it was a bit, it's a big number. But it, my, my caution here is that the high-frequency data, because let's face it, everybody that actually works, everybody that actually does something, you all pay taxes. And while we pay, those of us that are independent contractors like myself and make our, you know, make our money independently, uh, you know, heck, my daughter, all right, because she, she doesn't work a W-2 job. She works a 1099 job. Okay, well, if you work a 1099 job, you make your estimated payments quarterly, and, and this all gets reconciled as to how right you were or how wrong you were in April. And, and if you're really wrong, you get to pay a nice little penalty to go along with it. But when I was running MCS, we, we made our tax deposits on a monthly and, and quarterly basis, depending on, you know, depending on when in the life cycle of the company it was, because you got bigger, you have to make them more frequently. Now they're made electronically the day of your payroll. You have to use EFTPS, and that money, I mean, there, there is no taking the form to the bank along with the check, okay? That's the way we used to do it. You don't do that anymore. Now it's all electronic. It has to be done on the day payroll's made. So Treasury has that current tax receipt figure, and it's high-frequency data. It's instantaneous. There is no delay on it for people that are working wage jobs. And what it's showing here is that these receipts are in the tank. Now, anybody that tries to tell you that the economic activity and, therefore, the generation of tax liability um, is, you know, is strong. Well, you got rocks in your head. And then the other problem is we've got a run rate right now on the deficit through, la through last month's Treasury statement. We have an annualized run rate on the deficit of almost $2 trillion. We're, we have three months to go. And we've already blown through last year's whole year deficit. We are we are on a on an annualized basis. It's a one a approximately one point nine trillion. Okay, almost two trillion. And um, doesn't well, well, yeah, you're right because that, none of the, the July, August, September, none of those are generally uh, income months. And in, in September, well, September September is because it's a that is a that is a. Um, uh, that's a quarterly filing month. Yeah, except last year September had the, like the biggest deficit of the year. I I know. So I mean, it's you know yeah. the, the patterns have shifted, right? But historically speaking, September is usually a, a good deposit month, right? The the big ones always April. Carl, you, you two things. One is you uh, the the definition of recession. There's never going to be a recession because everybody's got their own definition. And if you're, and if I, you're I I know, but chief. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Here's what I want to point out. Okay, so I take this this tax receipt number, which you know the inverse of that is the deficit driver, right? Because what drives the deficit? Well, you're spending more than you're taking in. Okay, the taking in is going down, so therefore the deficit is going to go up. Right. Well, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, they're gonna. Well, they they yeah, they're now, probably gonna. They might spend a little less than last year because they didn't have the. They were on a tail end of some of the COVID stuff, but maybe. Well, I don't know about that. I, I, I get that. But, you know, I mean, here we are. You know, the COVID stuff, the, the so-called emergency spending is over. Now what we've done with this is we've reset the baseline to be at the level of stupid. Actually, you know what? Uh, by me just eyeballing this, if I were to add the last 
three months last year of outlays into this year, not only are the receipts going to be less, the outlays are going to be more. Yes, and and then here's the other. So here here is the other takeaway from this. We have we have systematically over the last 10, 15 years, we've destroyed the inflation buffers that have kept deficit spending from immediately showing up in the CPI and in in people's experience. Well, we're also lying. Okay? We're also just playing. Well, lying. of course, of course, we're lying. But we've been lying forever. We've been lying since I've been tracking this stuff and before I was ever cognizant of it. But there are we have systematically destroyed those buffers. One of the big ones is the offshore sequestration of of dollars as a result of the trade sanctions related to the Russian Ukraine thing. All right, that is never going to come back because we seized and locked up funds that had nothing to do with the people who were involved with actually prosecuting this conflict. All right, we screwed people to be blunt that had nothing to do with it, and as a result. People are now going to say, well, there's there's risk here. Now, that they used to think over the last 20, 30 years that unless you were doing business in Iran or something like that, this this wasn't something you, you know, or Nicaragua, Nicaragua or whatever have you. This wasn't something you had to be all that worried about. Russia is not Iran. Okay. Well, they, they've turned into it, but they weren't five well, years they ago. May, they, uh, well, they, they may have turned into it in, in terms of, you know, in terms of uh, ire and angst and stuff like this. But they never will turn into it in terms of size and in terms of, you know, what might touch it directly and indirectly. Well, you're never going to turn into it in terms of uh, lithium exports and, and, and oil exports yeah. and all the other stuff. I mean, they're, they're a real player in that regard. Well, that's what I was saying, yeah. is that economically, they matter. Iran well, Iran has really, oil. I mean, I'm, I'm not Yeah, okay, and, and so does Saudi Arabia, okay? Um, but the, thing, the, the point here is that that's gone, okay? Now, over the over the period of time um, from the last crash up until recently, we have built this buffer, this inflation buffer, into the system that people have, have not looked at this way, but it is. And that's this excess reserve nonsense that the Federal Reserve's been running. Those are being drawn down. And at the current rate of drawdown, are going to be extinguished approximately beginning of next year. Um, let me let me say this another way, and you tell me if 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 what I'm what I'm right economically, because one of the issues, you know, me being the monetarist that I am, and I think you're actually a closet monetarist. Uh, when you when they when the Fed put all that money into the system over an eighteen month period, they actually put so much in. Carl, that the uh, the place couldn't absorb it, so That's you, right. you really almost didn't see the inflation pop out as quickly as maybe you would think it would have. The, normally, it's if they put money in, if they put too much in, it's like a six month lag before it turns into inflation. When I say normally, that's historical been the number people use, and uh, you know whether it's right or wrong, whether it's five or seven, who the hell knows? But the number has been six, but they put so much in that my buddies at the Fed one night told me over a cocktail, you know, the the money that's that's kicked back to us every night, I mean, they totally destroyed the the funds, the federal funds market. No bank was, was giving money to another bank because they all had so much money they gave it back to the Fed at night. They call that M0, or they did. M0 was bigger than M1, the money they kept getting. But as, and, and, and if you were going to look at the formula, you would say that the velocity dropped. The, Correct. The, 
And but as I think as what <clears throat> as time has gone by, Carl, even though they aren't putting as much money into the system as they were, it's gradually being absorbed into the system, almost as if they were, and the velocity has picked back up to somewhat normal. And uh, to 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 some degree, yeah. But, but so which means the inflation is is sort of still happening, even though it should have happened. And I also think to lead it on even further. If you put a six-month top on everything the Fed does and say oh, this is when it actually happens, we are now maybe near the tail end or two-thirds of the way through the incredible monetary bulge they put in for the Silicon Valley thing, and that's the power behind this market right now. And that has been stopped for two and a half, four months now. So what you're talking about is exactly right. We're probably two months away from the... The, the thing actually draining a little, which it hasn't in a long time, and will it? Is that what you, is that what you've said in a much more eloquent way than me trying to de- describe it? Um, well, sort of. So okay. there's there's two confluences that are going to bite us within the next twelve months, and the excess reserves thing is one of them. That's that the excess reserves are going to dra- they're draining now, which is M they're, which is M zero, uh, right? And and as that drains. When that gets to zero, then the buffer effect that that provides against inflation showing up at the consumer level is going to disappear. It's going to be gone. You might actually have a Fed funds market again, though. Well, yeah, that's a good thing, though. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, to actually have the market determine a few things would actually be nice, yeah. right? I mean, I, you know, I'm not arguing that we should do something to tamper with this. I don't think we can at this point. Uh, but this also was part of what Paul was saying, and, and it's also what Bernanke said back when he was in the, in the seat. I don't think Yellen had enough firepower to understand any of it. Um, Bernanke did, though, and he's, he explicitly warned the Congress that the stuff that they were doing in the wake of the 0708 disaster had a use-by date, and that these policies... Uh, essentially put a buffering reaction into the monetary system and that's what they were doing and they were doing it intentionally it was i mean he he wasn't quiet about it he was talking about it every day well guess what that rope has now run out all right and the problem is that essentially what he put in front of congress was that you guys have you know i'm not in charge of fiscal policy i'm in charge of monetary policy i'm not going to tell you how to fix fiscal policy Which, i'm just telling you it's broken and you better fix it all right i'm, I'm going to Lob one in here. This is because I want to. After break, uh, we have to go to break here. I want you to critique my theory on this. I'm going to say that that's not what you just said, but what he just said is BS. Because there is no such thing as fiscal policy if he doesn't put the money in there. I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Okay, but essentially he was cajoling. The, the Congress, which completely ignored him because yeah. they, quote-unquote, rescued the system, right? Well, guess what? You've got that, and then you got another problem, which is that CMS, and I, I projected this one back in the 1990s, CMS is going to run out of bond buffer. And when they do, and it's going to happen next year, Chief, you're going to see right, about... Right, explain that real quick. CMS. Okay, CMS is Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Right. When you when you pay your Medicare tax, half of which comes out of your check and is on your your pay stub, it's in your FICA. It's it's part of it. 
The other half, your employer pays, but you pay it, okay, because it's money they would pay you otherwise. That money, when it's in excess of the amount that the government has to pay out for Medicare and Medicaid, Medicaid, of course, has no tax collected for it. It's pure welfare. Those, those funds, when they were in excess of what was being paid out, were buying treasury bonds. Okay? Now, when you're paying out more than you're taking in, obviously you're drawing down those treasury bonds, yes? Yep. Okay. That buffer is about to be exhausted. And this has been a trend that's been going on for 30 years, and I've been talking about it since the 1990s when I was running my company. I saw it, I identified it, and I put a use-by date on it based on simple exponential processes and expo- you know, an exponential series. There it is. And I, back in the 1990s, I ended up being off by about a year and a half. Oh, boy, that was really bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not bad projection there. Um, the problem with that is as soon as that happens, the deficit is going to increase by approximately 50% from today's level permanently. All right, we're, no, we're going to go to break. When we come back, how do they get that, that separate? And I'll, ask, and I'll ask that question. SP Futures up 17, NASDAQ Futures up 97. We can't be down two days in a row. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, Pay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 20 and SFU is up 104. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. That's what we do. We do. It's a, it's the, it is a strategy for a lot of people, and I would have been really good with that strategy for like a long time. Uh, let's hope we're not too late to the game and one day it doesn't happen. But as of today, we're buying into yesterday's dip and we're doing, we're doing okay. 
Dow up 48, even with American Express now down 710. Virtually everything else in the Dow is green. Um, actually, I got Visa down a buck 33. Those are the two that are down a little bit. Um, over in Asia, real quick, uh, we've got the Nikkei down 186.6%, Hang Seng up 147.8, back up over 19,000, 19.075, Shanghai down a buck, call that flat. Over in Europe, we've got a little bit of a mixed bag. We have the DAX down 65.4%. We have the FTSE up 23.3. The Kakaron up 21.3. So I guess we'll call that even across the board. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 163, mostly because of the healthcare stuff. Uh, Johnson Johnson, a couple others, but S&P was down 31. Nasdaq was down 295. So we're making back, uh, you know, a third of that in the Nasdaq and two thirds of it in the S&P already. Uh, bonds, 10-year down 3 basis points, 3.82. Japan down 2 basis points, 2.43. Japan down 2.44. We've got oil, which is continuing to creep. I'm going to ask Carl about this. I'm going to say this is a little bit of a breakout on oil. It's up a buck 08, 76, 73. It seems to have been contained under 75 for a real long time, and now it's kind of sneaking up through that old range at least. Brent down a buck 10, 80, 74. Natural gas unchanged, 275. Arbab up almost four cents, 278. That's not good. Uh, gold down 290, 1968. Um, it's still pretty much at a two-month high. Silver up five cents, 2501. Back up over 25, which is that real problem stand? We'll see. Maybe this time it will. Copper and trains 382. We've got Bitcoin up at 127, but still under 30,000, 29,850. We've got the U.S. dollar, which has been causing a lot of this. Today it's pretty much unchanged against the euro. The euro at 111. Um, it's it is uh, stronger, again, against the, the British pound at 128. The British pound made it up to 131 before collapsing this week. Andrew, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right, it is 741 here in Chicago on July 21st. Uh, starting off with some sports, it's some baseball from yesterday. Uh, the Cubs lost to the Cardinals 7-2. The White Sox won over the Mets 6-2. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Braves 5-7. Over to Chicago weather, we are currently at 67 degrees. We have cloudy skies right now, but it looks like that's going to clear up throughout the day. We're going to have a high of 79, and that's going to hit around 4 p.m. Over in Phoenix, they're currently at 92 degrees. they got clear skies. They're going to have a high of 112, with that excessive heat warning still in play. And uh, that temperature is going to hit around 3 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, looks like about nearly the same as our first hour, except maybe just a little bit heavier. Uh, expect a little bit of delays if you're coming in on the Stevenson, Eisenhower, or through that Kennedy construction, uh, and a little bit on the 94 as well. Um, but otherwise, looks like there's no major accidents to report, and uh, if you're on the outbound, only got to look out if you're on the Kennedy or the Eisenhower. Other than that, roads are looking pretty clear on the outbound. So that's all I got. Back to you. Yeah, Carl, uh, quick question regarding what you were saying about the uh, Medicare part. I... There, there is a, there was an article, and this has to be decade and a half plus ago, that I don't know what possessed me to not save it, or if I did, it's buried someplace. Somebody wrote a pretty decent piece on how every president since Kennedy, including Kennedy, has basically done at least one thing to to bleep up the federal numbers, and I forget, yeah. I, I forget what Kennedy's was, but. I believe, I believe it was LBJ that before then, boy, I'm trying to remember before LBJ, before then, when the when the federal government gave you their, their surplus or deficit, 
usually a deficit, but it wasn't that much in those days. Social Security was was totally separate. So in other words, that's that's yeah, that was yeah, it, 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 that was actually combined and stolen twice. But it, I, I believe well, what I'm saying here is that if if Social Security, for those that you know, this may seem like a opinionated statement, but it's actually a fact. Uh, Social Security was never designed as an insurance designed as an insurance thing per se. It basically, not that it wasn't supposed to sort of match up, basically is a welfare system and a tax. That if if if, if they got it right, maybe came close, right, Carl? <laughs> well, well, Social Social Security. The, the funny thing is, you know, everybody loves to in the political sphere loves to scream about uh, quote unquote entitlements. Right, and I and I and if you're on the Democrat side of the aisle, then you scream about it one way. If you're on the Republican side of the aisle, you scream about it another way. But they're always screaming about, it. and they always put the two together: Social Security and Medicare. They never separate them out, even though they are two separate programs. Right. All right, they are funded with two separate taxes. And in point of fact, last year, the Social Security system ran a small surplus. Well, that's what I was saying about. Back in '68, we're talking about with, with LBJ hanging around. Uh, the Social Security surplus was huge. Oh yeah. And so they would the, the, the federal government would report the deficit and all the other stuff because that was supposed to be a trust fund is 100 billion dollars. And oh by the way, Social Security is, is running a 98 billion dollar surplus. They would they would always give you the two different numbers. So what LBJ said is. Since one's a surplus and the other one looks bad, we'll we'll yoke them together and give you one number, right? And then yeah, well, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then it went the other way after a while. But, but I'm saying that's what he did to bleep with the numbers. And every president, Nixon did something, and somebody else did something. It's where the numbers, if you look at at the at a deficit or surplus from 1961 versus today, you're really not talking apples and oranges. Well, that's right. That's right. But here's here's uh, the. The original design of both Social Security and Medicare was essentially as an annuity uh, with, with, of course, very long-dated maturities, right? Because you start paying into them when you start working. Right. And then, you know, and then 65 is kind of the centroid on Social Security. You can take it early or you can take it late or whatever have you, but that's kind of the centroid date, and it always has been. And Medicare is essentially forced at 65. God help you if you don't actually sign up because you get penalized on a permanent basis if you come back to it later. Uh, and it's and it's ruinously bad. Well, you're... Right? you're My, okay. Uh, you're slightly off there. The, 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 the basic Medicare, I don't think there's a penalty for that. But if it, oh 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 no, you're wrong about that because and my mother got nailed by this after Dad died. Uh, she unfortunately, you know, she didn't do it on purpose, okay. But she she had a relatively short period of time; it was about seven or eight months where she was technically not in the program, and she got hammered with a permanent penalty assessment that she couldn't get rid of, even though she didn't use anything. All right, as, as somebody who, shall we say, very familiar with it, girl, uh, what? I'm not positive that I can argue with you on the. There's three different programs. Right? Yes. There, there's, there's the there's the basic, which is the hospital, 
Okay. Right. There's a, there's A, B, and then either yeah. C or D, and yeah, and, and okay. What and I'm saying, I, I don't I don't think you. I'm I'm not sure about. In other words, if you get the hospital, that's the basic that you just get that at 65. Right. Uh, if you if you want the doctor. It, it it'll it comes out of your social security. I mean, I know this because I do this for people. Cor- correct. Yeah, the but other but one it's, is, it's probably I'm going to say it's two something a month. It's not it's not it's, cheap. It's a couple hundred dollars. It's not a huge amount of money, but it's not. Well, small. I mean, it's it's something. But then but right. then if if you want a, a supplement on top of that, okay, the cover what Medicare doesn't. Well, or that, Advantage, yeah, that, which that, takes over the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, but okay, but if you just just the regular supplement, right. that's another two something. Right. And oh by the way, if you want the drug piece, that's another thirty five. So you're right. really talking almost five hundred hours a month on top of the basic program. But but what they don't want you to do, because I know somebody who did this, um, say make it simple, Carl. Say it's the drug piece. And you say, I don't I don't need the drug piece. I don't have any drugs, okay? And all of a sudden it's five years later and something happens to you and you're on a bunch of crap. And then you say, I want the drug piece. Well, then they're going to penalize you $10 a month or 5 or 20 because I just did this for somebody. Um, they're going to say, you should have signed up just on day one. You shouldn't have waited till you needed it and think you're going you're gonna to cruise until then. And then when you need it, you pile in. I, 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 almost, I almost sort of get that, Carl, honestly. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's an attempt to prevent you from doing that. Yeah. And 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 so essentially, the the penalty is essentially a retroactive imposition of what you would have paid if you hadn't done it. L- a little bit, a little bit. Now, it's, it's not the full it, number. Well, it depends on which side. I mean, like I said, I you know I saw what it did to my mother, and I was like, holy crap! I mean, in terms of dollars, it wasn't huge, but on a percentage basis, it was. Well, the person I am talking about, and somebody I know, uh, they didn't get the drug thing until they were sixty nine. Okay. Because then all of a sudden, then they they needed the drugs and they signed up. It's it's sort of akin to going your whole life without insurance. Then the day somebody says you got cancer, you sign up for insurance. It's, and that, well, that's what well, that's yeah. what Obamacare made possible. Yeah, but so yeah. I think this person, the drug piece is only like thirty five hours a month. All right. right. So, so right. I I think I think that would have been twenty six if there wasn't for the penalty. The penalty. Yeah, but, like but nine think bucks. about but think about the percentages on. Well, that. but I mean, you 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 got away with. I, I four, understand. You know, I, four four I, years of not paying until you needed it. Oh no no I understand I'm just saying but if but if you you know think about the percentage on that I, I penalty get it. it's but, it's huge well, but right it would have, well, but, but in their mind you owe them four times twelve times thirty I I, I know I know I uh, yes I get it and and I understand what they're doing with that but it, anyway back to my point CMS so so Social Security has. It has never been the source of impending doom, even though the politicians will all try to tell you that they can always raise it a year. They can always raise it a little bit, a little bit in the payroll. Well, and yeah. and uh, and the operating deficit is small. Okay, it's real, but it's small. It it can be fixed, and and actually last year. All right, take a, take a quick sighting here for a second. weren't you, weren't you the guy? I know you. I think you were saying they never once had a problem with the disability piece, though. But now they are. Well, uh, um, I've talked about that before. Yeah. Actually, there, there was a huge problem that showed up in in 0708 with disability, and it's and it, the problem with people going on disability is that statistically they never come off it, um, and people do it strategically, uh, and all of a sudden that which wasn't disabling becomes disabling when the economy goes in the toilet. 
uh, and and how much of that is is gaming and how much of it is people working through what they otherwise wouldn't I you know I mean that's that's very hard to disentangle okay but there there certainly is some scamming that goes on within that program there's no doubt about it uh, and then there's people uh, including some that I have known uh, that uh, that got disability claimed it were legitimately disabled however the reason they were disabled was that they drank themselves into a stupor for 30 years and or, so or, or during COVID, or do you even we know about how much more booze uh, yeah, they well, sold? They did, yeah, it to, they did it to themselves, and then all of a sudden they're disabled, right? Whatever the themselves, whatever the did it to yourself thing was, doesn't matter. Fact is, is that you're not supposed to be able to buy fire insurance on your house and then light it on fire and get away with it. But that's, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that that you have happen here. The the problem we have though that is impending and is going and this is absolutely going to happen within the next year and a half now it's not avoidable anymore is that you're going to have these excess reserves are going to be gone so that inflation buffer is going to go away and then the CMS buffer which is the 900 pound gorilla in the room that nobody has wanted to talk about it's the reason I've been screaming about this has their money up until today been Sort of segregated is what you're saying. It still is. It's it's not real. No, it well it isn't. It's not. I mean, if you look at the MTS, yeah, it's sort of like Social Security. It is or it isn't. It is. It isn't. Uh, it is and it isn't. Right. So there's you know there's on budget and off budget. Right. Is is the way it's accounted for in the CMS statements, um, and you know in the in the monthly Treasury statements. But the but the problem is is that when those when those bonds have been redeemed. And the balance in in that is zero, right? You can't do that anymore, right? You can't sell those off into the market anymore because there aren't any more. You're out. At that point, the deficit impact of that excess spending immediately and permanently shows up in the operating deficit. No way around it. Now, the uh, that law, they that they haven't found yet. Well, yeah, good luck. The law. Is that these these programs cannot spend beyond that line? That's not going to hold. I, I tell you right now, it's not going to hold. There is no way. CMS is running an eighty percent operating deficit. How can you? How can you, Carl? On the one hand, and this is what I, you know, obviously the theme of the show, and I'm not articulate enough to constantly put it out there. Maybe I should write something like you, because when you write something, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. How can we, on the one hand, we, we, we can't wait to let more combinations in, in in the healthcare area. We can't wait to let these people raise prices again and again and again for less care. At the same time, we know that we're paying for it and we're going broke. I mean, how, how can a government allow both of those things to happen? Well, because it's $1 and 5 in the economy today, and if you stop it, then there's a it's not a recession there's a depression immediately that's i mean the, the definition of an economic depression is more than a 10% decline in gdp well i, I know if you if you take all chief if you take all the scamming out of the system in the, in the medical system right now and and you go back to something approximating free market principles the the well, how do you even do that these people don't even know what that means Carl. i i i know i'm just saying if if you got the scamming out okay these the actual spend on medical care would go down about eighty percent. They they well, well, but but think about what that means. Yeah, okay, okay. That you're, you're talking be an instant fifteen percent whack to GDP. It, it, you're talking. We are 
I'm going to say at least middle-aged grumpy guys that know, that have owned our own businesses, that sort of understand this stuff and have read a book without pictures once in a while, as most of the listeners or else they wouldn't be listening <laughs> to us. You know, I mean, the, the, for, but our, your, your logic on this and mine is so different than today's world. Let's look, I happen to know some people that one of them is circling the grave, a good friend of mine, uh, has been dealing with Northwestern now for six months. Now, here's a, here's a hospital that has all these advances in surgery and this and that, and I'm sure they have some incredibly talented people there. People can't wait to throw money at the place. The care that this guy has received has been abominable. Abominable. And the, and the expenses, even though he's 80-something, uh, Medicare, he's, Medicare is getting the discounts, or, but I can't imagine what the list price would be. But the, the, if, if you and I were to look at that bill or the various bills he's had in there, we would say, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Prove to me for a second it costs that much to keep somebody in the room here. And then, but they'll say, what do you suppose their overhead... Does anybody know what the hell I'm talking about? Does anybody even know what their overhead rate is? And no. So, and it, what it is, it's got to be like 40... You know, it's got to be like 40 or something. I mean, if... if, if so, you, I mean, uh, one of the people here in the building, his wife was in Northwestern for... I don't know. I don't. Whatever scan they gave her, I, you know, she was in there for two hours on a Saturday morning for a few tests. They came out fine, by the way, so that's good. I think I think it was nineteen something, and his his Blue Cross wants him to pay twenty five percent. But the guy didn't have five grand. What, what do you do for somebody on machines that somebody probably donated for God's sake that cost you twenty thousand bucks on a Saturday morning, Carl? We're not talking well, about brain surgery. Oh, I know, but this is you know the thing is is we're just not going to get. There's, we have built a system over the space of decades. This didn't happen in a couple of years. It didn't happen with COVID. It, this is the entire reason we had this mess with COVID was because we had built this system. We built a system that the only check and balance against malpractice, against doing things that make no sense. And by the way, I'll, I'll define malpractice for you in this context. It's not mistakes. It's doing things that make no sense but do make a lot of money. Yep. Okay? The only check and balance against that in ordinary times is that if they do that and kill your wife, husband, mother, child, father, whatever, you can sue the pants off of them for it. Yeah, well, good luck with that. It'll be, it's five years and maybe you'll be dead. Well, but, but the fact that you can actually go after them means that there is some inhibition on them doing it. Okay? Some. Not a lot. And yes, a little, little right. bit. A little bit. Well, I'm just saying it's a. It is. It, you're right in that the odds of you actually seeing any of the money in the in, instead of the attorney getting it all uh, is not very good. But you're but you're but, talking about mistakes. You're not talking about overcharges. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about things that objectively are stupid. They make absolutely no sense, but they're expensive as blankety blank, and and either have no outcome that is positive, or. Uh, potentially have a seriously negative outcome. But you're, there you're, is a, you're never going to get... Chief, there's a new study yeah. out that says that we have that 4% of the time when you go into a hospital, this is about, it's about 1 in 20, okay? 4% of the time when you go into a hospital, they get it wrong and it either kills or permanently injures you. Or, or they, get the, they get the fiction charged even more for that. Well, but here's the thing. They charged you for the fact that, that you know, this is like the you, your car's, you know, your brakes are making some noise. You take it to the mechanic. 
he uh, he leaves one of the pads out you come out of the place and you ram into a you know ram into a stop sign or you run a kid over right and one out of 20 times that happens well i just said we would never tolerate this in any other area r- real, of our economy here's a real stupid example carl my old my old suburban all of a sudden i'm smelling gas right I, nobody can find a leak nobody can find a leak all of a sudden it's in the tank right so okay right. We, so we put a new tank in three weeks later you smell gas. Smell gas, and all of a sudden it's 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 not so bad. It's not so bad, and by bringing in one guy, can't even smell it. Blah blah blah. So I bring in this other place, and these Mexican guys are terrific. So they put a little pressure on it. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's pouring out of the tank, right? And uh, so they uh, they they bought the tank. The other guy who put it in bought it at O'Reilly's, right? So they call O'Reilly's, and they go. You know, you got to tow it back to the place. Now, now you can't drive it because it's pouring out. Right, um, so it's yeah, leaking gas all over the place. Right. Plus, plus the guys that helped me out, it, it's leaked all over the inside of their place. <laughs> so they're, right. they're trying. Then they wouldn't charge me anything because they they do a buddy of mine, right? So I guess I got to give you something at least we clean it up. They wouldn't take a dime anyway. So it gets back to the other place, and I said, "How much do you for putting a tank in?" The guy goes, "O'Reilly paid for the tow. They actually found a defect in the old tank. It was, there was a thing right. at the bottom. There was a pinch in it." And it and it gave way. I mean, there was somebody must have whacked it when they shipped it or something. And uh, so they they paid for the tow. The other guy to put it in in the new tank, and even gave the guy twenty bucks to put more gas in the tank for me. Now that that's not going to happen in Northwestern. They uh, screw. Well, no, you think? Yeah, you think. So I mean, you know. But anyway, point being, this entire game is going to stop, and we're out of rope on it. And within the next before the election. Okay, we're talking about between now and the end of 2024. Those two buffers are gone out of the economic system and out of the monetary system. They're exhausted. And there isn't any way to refill them until you come up with some other scheme to try to do it, but that means that you need to have something going on that you can, you know, you can put something like that in. Anyone that thinks that this is not going to immediately show back up in the inflation numbers is out of their mind. They're not going to stop spe- look no one in the current economic paradigm and in the current political paradigm is is going to actually solve the problem with the medical system. You have to lock up all the monopolists, you have to break these monopolies, and you have to do it they, on a... They, on a, they still think, though, Carl... This Keith, is what, I, put a, I put a plan together to do this you know, over a decade ago. Yeah, it's one I, of the main features in my book. They're not going to do it because they know what happens if they try. But, here, but here's... we got to dash here, Carl, but... God, I, just, I love jealousy. Not jealousy, but because we, we both pull the best out of each other's mind, I think. But you know, what you're talking about butts right up against what I've been talking about for months now or years, that the giddiness we see in the market. And by the way, it's fine because my, my people are making money, so I'm not, I'm not disparaging it. All I'm doing is making sure to protect it. If it turns down, we don't lose everything. Uh, but the, the giddiness that's there beneath this, the consumers are great. Everybody's great. Eighty-five percent of the population, no way can they absorb another tax increase. As my Irish, Irish people used to say, you can't get blood out of a turnip. 85 percent of the population, in my estimation, doesn't have a spare nickel. So the idea yep. that this, we can just <clears throat> cover this by raising even more taxes, I don't see that happening. I think every man is about as far as he can go. Not only that, but the federal, but the federal tax receipt says that the downturn. The negative impact of this is already there. That, and that, you know, you brought that up. I'm petrified of that. What you brought. Thank you for doing that for me. By the way, 
I'm just saying. That's, uh, you know, and, and statistically speaking, this doesn't happen until after the recession has already begun. So anyone that believes that we're going to be sitting here and, go, and glad-handing all of this a year and a half from now, uh, well, based on history, no, you're not. So I've been saying watch out, and you're saying it's already here, basically. I, I'm saying the tsunami is already curling over on the top. Well, on that like note, have, in that last scene. On that note, have a nice beer and think well of me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> SB Futures up 21. As if he's up 105, back on Monday, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.